0: review show here on 247sports.com as the New York Jets flew down to South Beach there wasn't much offense there's a lot of defense but the New York Jets fall to the Miami Dolphins by a final a uh, a terrible final of 13 to 6 the New York Jets are now 3 and 6 and the Miami Dolphins sweep the Jets this year they are 5 and 4 and they have a firm grasp right now in second place of the AFC East, along with Rick I'm um, Daniel Foyerstein. Rick, we're going to forgo the pleasantries here. We're going to forgo anything positive we can say about this game because the only thing positive, to be honest, is the defense. The defense did their jobs. They were able to keep the Dolphins' offense off the scoreboard. The only plays that were converted were field goals and a Defensive pick six that was returned by Jerome Baker for 25 yards. Now, we are going to really hammer the New York Jets here because, once again, there was no imagination on offense. Fine, Todd Bowles wins a challenge. Fine, he tried a little trickery with Robbie Anderson to have Darnold pitch it back to him and go on a sort of a a backfield wheel route, but he still got tackled on it. Still, though, Rick, the New York Jets on offense looked anemic, looked pathetic, and they got what they deserved.
1: And look, I mean, we said this at the start of the year that this season is not going to be measured by wins and losses. You just want to see the development of a young quarterback. You want to see the team coming together. And when I looked back to those games against the Denver Broncos and Indianapolis Colts, I started to see Sam Darnold realize his potential. And you saw the offense trying to test the ball downfield, utilizing the play action, running the ball effectively between the tackles, all the things that Jet fans were hoping and wishing and praying for were coming together. And unfortunately these injuries just devastated the team. I mean, with Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua, Terrell Pryor, his subsequent release, Bilal Powell being out for the year. And, look, this is a league in the NFL where it's the next man up mentality, so you can't blame everything on injuries. But I will say they they took their toll on this team. But for me, the onus falls on this coaching staff and Todd Bowles. I mean, we we talked about before the start of the show. If he doesn't have the wherewithal to remove a center in Spencer Long that is not healthy enough to snap a halfway decent ball – to Sam Darnold. So he can run the offense. If he as the the head coach of the team and the leader of the team cannot recognize that that is at least part of the root of the problem. The jets are uh, struggling through the past few weeks. He needed to bench him. He needed to sit him for a series for a couple of series, or maybe for the remainder of the game. But the fact that Todd Bowles didn't make a move shows me, he does not have his finger on the pulse of this offense He's only worried about the defensive side of the ball, and he's going to basically allow Jeremy Bates to to freely roam and, and rule as he sees fit. And I just haven't seen any of those adjustments on the offensive side of the ball, given the fact that the personnel has been changed due to injury. And you're putting your young rookie quarterback in a situation where the team can't run the ball with consistency. They're not protecting him in the games against the Miami Dolphins now in two games. He, Sam Darnold has thrown six interceptions and just one touchdown. He's been sacked combined seven times, hurried another 12 times in those two contests. I mean, to me, you had an opportunity to get revenge against an AFC East foe that embarrassed you at home in week two. And then to come out so flat offensively with no adjustments on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not going to point the finger at a rookie quarterback that's still trying to make his way in this league. I'm pointing it directly at the Jets' fourth-year coach that by now should at least have some experience under his belt where he can make those adjustments and put his team in a position to succeed. And I felt like he didn't do that in the least in Week 9 against Miami.
0: Yeah, I agree, Rick. And, you know, I I had enough of Spencer Long's uh, snapping issues with his injured uh, hand, we all know it's a broken finger on his snapping hand, and all I can do uh, is this: is that I-, I had enough. I've had enough of Spencer Long's uh, poor, poor ability to snap the ball to Sam. Disrupts, disrupts uh, everything. Disrupts everything for Darnold to at least throw a good ball. The game against Indianapolis, the two snaps, one led to two poor snaps, one led to an interception, and the other one led to a poor snap where Crowell had to dive on top of the ball so the Colts couldn't even uh, get the turnover. This is where the four picks that Darnold threw, I'm not blaming uh, Long for the first one, The third one or the fourth one? It's the second one that became the pick-six touchdown. The one mistake that happened in this game. That was going to be who was going to win this one, Rick. One mistake, and it had to be the Jets because Spencer Long snapped the ball too high. Darnold had to reach for it. Timing was off, threw it down the near sideline, and sadly picked off and returned for the touchdown. Spencer Long needs to be benched until that finger of his on his snapping hand is completely healed. Because if it's not, then the Jets got to have to have another center uh, for the roster. and, And bench long until he's completely healthy, or just bench him to the end of the year, because he cannot continue to sacrifice wins, or at least performances, like this. It was disgusting.
1: These are things that Jet fans are seeing from 100 miles away. And Todd Bowles being in that facility day in and day out, monitoring the progress and the injury status of his offensive line, of his defensive players, et cetera. For him not to understand that and have the awareness to make a change there, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, this is a Jet team. If you think about it, in, in two games against Miami Dolphins this year, they scored a combined 18 points. I mean, and this is a Dolphins defense that they're very formidable. They can get after the quarterback. They can certainly make some plays, and they're not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're a Jet fan and in two games against the Miami Dolphins, you produce 18 points, that's an absolute embarrassment. I mean, even you would think uh, the defense would make a play to set the offense up in scoring position. For Sam Darnold to have one touchdown and seven interceptions, to me that tells you you've seen when Sam Darnold has – a running game going. He has some great play calling going. That he can move his team downfield. He can make some big plays in the passing game. But for whatever reason, when they come up against this opponent in the Dolphins, they they seem to run the same type of scheme that is predictable. That they stack the box and they stop the run. Common thread with Jet games when they don't eclipse 100 yards on the ground is they have no chance of winning the ball game. I mean, you look across all the Jet losses they've had so far this year, all six of them. I think there was only one contest in which the Jets eclipsed 100 yards rushing, and that, of course, was against the Cleveland Browns when in the first half the team looked like they were on their way to an easy victory before Baker Mayfield entered the contest. But nonetheless, I mean, this to me is just indicative of what the Jets need to do this offseason, and that is address the offensive line and depending on Bilal Powell, how he returns from injury – They need to address uh, running back to add some more quality depth there and really put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed. And I'm not – again, I'm not going to put 100% on this on on Todd Bowles, but the big glaring uh, things in this game being, you know, Spencer Long's injury, affecting all the snaps, disrupting the time of the offense, those are things you should see from a mile away, and he should be benched immediately. And for Todd Bowles not to recognize that, that, to me, the light bulb has to go off if you're a Jet fan. Say, so how is this guy going to be able to navigate us into a playoffs run or deep into the playoffs when he can't even recognize a center that can't snap the ball properly? I mean, these are all just mind-numbing things that, if you're a Jet fan, are just very frustrating. And while wins and losses aren't necessarily going to you know, seal his fate as the head coach, if he continues week in and week out to just put the same vanilla offensive game plan out there and just rubber stamp it week in and week out, and allow Jeremy Bates to handcuff the offense, not find any creative ways to move the football, you're going to see the second half of the year, things are going to get just worse and worse and worse because uh, they're not exploring Sam Darnold's uh, potential and they're not allowing him to test the ball downfield and try to realize the potential of this running game that was so powerful against the Colts and against the Denver Broncos.
0: You know, like we've already said, Rick, we know that Sam Darnold being a rookie quarterback He's going to have issues. He's going to have situations uh, as of right now, you know, making poor decisions. He's a rookie. He's going to learn. His first year in the NFL, we understand that. We understand right now what the situation is for Sam Darnold. We know he's going to make mistakes. We know he's going to make uh, interceptions. We know he's going to make poor throws. We all know this. But the way that the Jets have been losing these games, this is not all on Darnold. Darnold needs to have a better cast of characters, not just on the offensive line. We all know the offensive line hasn't been that great. They've, he's been sacked a lot of times. But still, though, when you have an offensive coordinator in Jeremy Bates dialing up these calls, these plays, is he really letting Sam Darnold have free reign, or is he dialing everything back? We don't know what's going on in their heads. But what we see every game is that whenever there's a drive happening, it gets cut short either because you go three and out on poor throws, nearly picked off, or the ball's going to get picked off. And we're, we're fine with it. We're living through it right now because we know that this kid has the potential of doing something great down the road. You know, I will disagree with some of uh, the reports coming out from the local New York newspapers. Some have said Sam Darnold looks like he is regressing. I disagree. He's not regressing. He's having a difficult time because he's a rookie quarterback in the NFL. All rookie quarterbacks have gone through this. Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. We have seen these quarterbacks go through terrible games, sometimes even, you know, the worst seasons in their opening years, and look what they've become. Look what they've done. They've won Super Bowls. I am not worried about Darnold. He is not regressing. He is having a typical rookie quarterback season. He's having issues with decision-making at times. He's making poor throws at times. But when he is on, what does he do? I'll tell you what he does. He makes fantastic plays like you saw in Detroit, what you saw against Denver, what you saw against Indianapolis, and what he did in the first half in Cleveland. So it's just a typical rookie quarterback season. That's all it is.
1: You know, for Sam Darnold, again, sometimes you have to save a rookie quarterback from himself. And you have to basically take the ball out of his hands and try to give the ball into the running game. I mean, we talked about Daryl Roberts, a, a special team Unbelievable return man for the Jets. Why have they not tried to use him in the passing game? Try to at least give him a, a carry, maybe on a jet sweep to get him out on the outside in space. Try to throw a wide receiver screen pass to him. Even Terrell Pryor, when he was on this roster, of course, a, a collegiate star quarterback at Ohio State. You saw that team up in Foxborough. Look, I'm not going to say they do everything uh, by the book in Foxborough because we, we all know they don't uh, pay attention to a lot of rules and ethics. But the one thing I will say is watching that game last night against the green Bay Packers. I mean, Josh McDaniels fully utilizes all the he has on the field. The Patriots were struggling to move the ball in the second half. And what did they do? They threw a quick screen to Edelman, who, of course, at Kent State was a quarterback. And he he looked like he's going to throw the ball downfield and threw it all the way across the field to James White for a screen that he took, uh, I think it was 40, 45 yards, to set them up for a touchdown. Those are the kind of plays I haven't seen the Jets run a single play like that all season. And, you know, especially given the fact that they're going to have to find creative ways to get the ball downfield. I mean, how many times under Rex Ryan and whether, you know, he had Brian Schottenheimer's offense corner coordinator, Marty Morningweg, I mean, these guys were, believe me, not the most popular figures with the Jets, and they had some of their really poor moments, of course, with the team, but they at least tried some innovative ways to move the football. I mean, with Brad Smith as the Wildcat quarterback, this kind of game, an ugly, muck-it-up game, a 6-3 game, in midway through the fourth quarter, of course, when Sam Darnold throws that interception return for a touchdown, why at that point have we not seen any type of out-of-the-box thinking or play calling from the offensive coaching staff? And to me, that falls on Todd Bowles, and I think it really is a product of him being so ultra conservative and trying to protect his defense so much that he doesn't want to risk turnovers and uh, by trying trick plays. And meanwhile, you have a young quarterback who's out there with no offensive line, no running game uh, receivers in Quincy, Anuel and new one, Robbie Anderson, who are still hollow still not hundred percent trying to come back. And his leading receiver in tight end, Chris Herndon is one of the lone bright spots on the team. He's had a two straight touchdown streak, uh, a span where he's caught a touchdown prior to last week in the two games against the Vikings and the Bears, respectively. And your leading receiver is a tight end and Chris Herndon, who's a, a, a late draft choice. It just, to me, is inexcusable, and it falls on the coaching staff. But I wonder how much of this is on Jeremy Bates or how much of it is a product of Todd Bowles basically trying to make this offense so vanilla so conservative so that these, the jet teams can try to uh, win these low scoring contests. And we've seen week in and week out. I mean, you know, these have been winnable games in the fourth quarter, the Vikings, they had their chances, the bears, they had their chances of, and certainly against the dolphins, they had their chances. And when push comes to shove, eventually you have to have your offense make a play and move the ball downfield. And, you know, you're not able to get a running game going all game long. You're not able to protect the quarterback, and you're just not going to have the results that show for it. You're not going to be able to snap this three-game losing streak that the team is currently mired in.
0: Yep, that's correct, Rick. That's correct. Something needs to be changed here. Something needs to be fixed. And you know what? We are already resigned to the fact that Todd Bowles, which once again, Rick, I don't believe he's going to get fired in the middle of the year. I don't think he's going to be gone at the middle, at the middle of the season. I, don't, I think he's going to finish up the year uh, in 2018. And then if the time does come for Chris Johnson to put Todd Bowles on the chopping block, so be it. Because as of right now, Todd Bowles, there, there's no sense of trickery. No gadget plays. Not trying to think outside the box. It's always the same thing over and over and over. You put yourself in a position where you pray to God. You run the same freaking plays over and over and over again. And nothing is working. The Dolphins defense has been sniffing out every single opportunity that Jets threw at them. And while give the, G- while give the Jets defense some credit as well for only allowing two field goals... And Brock Osweiler was not good either. But the point is, somebody on offense was going to make a huge mistake, and that big mistake came in the hands of the Jets because of not only the poor snap and the poor throw by Darnold, but that situation, you felt like, great, there it is. It's going to come. It's going to come right there, and there it went. This Jets team right now, we understand they don't have enough depth right now to go out and perform at the best of their abilities. You saw it. We saw it. Anunwa went down with an injury. Robbie Anderson went down with an injury. Jermaine Curse, who is usually pretty darn good on the field, he knows where he is. He knows when to make a grab. He knows when to stay in bounds. When have you seen Jermaine Curse make a grab along the sidelines, one foot in, and then the left foot, he stepped out, land. You never, ever see Jermaine Kurse make a mental mistake like that which could have been a first down or at least close enough to the first down marker. You never see Curse do that. And that basically, within a nutshell, explains this Jets season, Rick.
1: And it does. And again, you know, I think Jet fans, they want to look beyond the wins and losses. But when you have a, a young team that's up and coming with so many winnable contests, so many games that the bounce of the ball here, bounce of the ball there, and you have a coach with a philosophy that basically is uh, play not to lose and not play to win, it, it becomes increasingly frustrating. I mean, you look across the NFL with all of the successful teams. I mean, just look no further than the Philadelphia Eagles with Doug Peterson and a young quarterback in Carson Wentz this year, and of course Nick Foles, who took over when he was injured during the playoffs and Super Bowl last year. I mean, the only way that team went as far as they did is because they took chances; they weren't afraid to to make these risky moves. I mean, going for for two points when they were uh, you know down by six. I mean, it's just uh, all these unconventional ways they tried to get themselves back into ball games and instilling confidence in your young quarterback. It shown the provide dividends for the Eagles team. And even Sean McVay with the Los Angeles Rams, Jared Goff. I mean, going back to Jared Goff's first year, two years ago with Jeff Fisher, I mean, there were a lot of questions about him being picked number one overall and, you know, him being a draft bust already after one season. And it shows you make that transition and that's a model that the jets have to follow going from, kind of an old-school mentality in Jeff Fisher where, you know, he didn't start Jared Goff right away. He wanted to lean heavily on the defense. He really put the training wheels on the offense with Goff and wanted to ride Todd Gurley in the running game, and it just wasn't effective for for the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, bringing in a fresh new look at things in Sean McVay, the ability to trust a young quarterback to make some plays and of course make some mistakes because that's going to happen as well. And you've seen how this Rams team, of course, finally coming off a loss now at eight and one losing to the the New Orleans Saints, which very well could be an NFC championship preview. I mean, there's no reason to think that the Jets, if they make some moves during free agency Uh, plug up the holes on the offensive line and look to a young, innovative coach that's going to give a fresh mindset and instill some confidence in the young quarterback. There's no reason to think the Jets can't follow that model for success that the Eagles followed or that the Rams followed and be right in the mix in two or three years for a playoff spot, perhaps perhaps for a chance at an AFC championship game. But before the Jets get to that point, I think they have to make a decision in that uh, front office and the ownership group that, Todd Bowles is unfortunately not part of the solution moving forward and they have to make a change. And I I think what you said could happen. It could wait till after the season and and not make a a big uh, fuss during the year. But I think more likely, I really feel like if the Jets lose this upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills and the Jets go into their bye week, I really feel like you could see a coaching staff change and at least give Jeremy Bates an opportunity to audition for a job while the Jets have all the time in the world to hire the right person to build some confidence in Sam Darnold, and get this offense to where it has the potential to be.
0: We we know that Bilal Powell is done for the year with the neck injury, with the surgery he had with it. We all understand this. And Elijah McGuire had some good runs. And this is just his first game back since being hurt. We all understand that he's probably going to need another full game to get back to where he was last year. But, you know, once again, I don't know how much more we can repeat this, Rick, and we're all going on... At the same time Yes Todd Bowles In my opinion Your opinion Every other Jet fan's opinion This is it we, we, can't endure, we can't endure another season of this Chris Johnson needs to make a move When we get to the end of the year And that means you're going to have to tell Todd Bowles thank you for your time You tried your best But we're going to move on And this is where it must go Rick This is where it must go. Because right now, you drafted Sam Darnold. This is your franchise quarterback. This is the future of the Jets. This is the opportunity the Jets need when, if and when uh, Tom Brady is no longer going to be playing in the NFL. That Sam Darnold is going to have to take over the AFC East. It's not the Dolphins. It's not the Bills. I believe it is the Jets, but only if, A, you get a new head coach here starting 2019, B, you get a new offensive coordinator starting 2019, C, Mike McCagnin needs to bring in some free agents who are better. If you have to uh, shell out all the uh, salary cap room uh, for these uh, types of players, do it, because as of right now, they're not cutting it. They are not cutting it. It's not good. You need to add on to the talent that you have already, and you need to go forward by bringing in better free agents, and that means both on offense and defense.
1: And, look, you had you don't have many coaches that would survive back-to-back 5-11 and 11 seasons. Coming back this year, the Jets, of course, giving him a two-year extension so he wasn't a lame-duck coach. I mean, look across the NFL. Only Jeff Fisher – was a guy that was consistently finishing below 500 and stayed and kept his job and was getting contract extensions because he had a proven track record as a head coach in the league, making a Super Bowl, making title appearances. Todd Bowles, the jury is still out on him as a head coach. I mean, he's proven his worth as a defensive mind, terrific defensive coordinator, understands that side of the football. To me, he is still lacking that offensive awareness to develop a young quarterback, and he doesn't have the right hire at least to this point, it looks like maybe we'll see more from Jeremy Bates in the second half, depending what happens. But to put Sam Darnold in the position to succeed, because Todd Bowles has never made the playoffs as a head coach. He's never uh, been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. And I feel like, you know, Jet fans, I think management has given him due time to try to develop, to try to, of course, go through this rebuild process with the Jets. And I think the very least that Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson wanted to see so far this year was the team trending in the right direction. And, and you saw seeing Sam Darnold blossom before everybody's eyes and seeing Todd Bowles, uh, you know, rallying his team and them getting on the same page as him. I don't see any of that. I see, I'm not saying I see a team that's fractured and there's a lot of infighting and they're, they're going after each other, but I see a team that is so up and down. So Jekyll and Hyde, no consistency whatsoever. And, you know, if you could identify one problem, you know, is it the offensive line? Is it lack of protection? There's a number of different problems on this Jet team. I mean, it's a flawed roster, one that's going to be addressed during the offseason. But the fact is, when you have the opportunity to game plan against an AFC East foe that knocked you off at home, basically held you to 12 points, wouldn't you think that you would have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed in order to come up with the best offensive game plan you could to put the team in a position to succeed and try to put more than 12 points on the board? And what happened? The Jets went out, and they didn't even score a touchdown. They scored six points. I mean, how many games in the NFL can you realistically win when you don't score double-digit points? And a Dolphin team that only had 230 yards total offense, the only touchdown of the day, of course, was the interception return for a touchdown. I mean, this just went from ugly to just downright ugly in a flash of a a pan. And, again, there's a lot of issues surrounding this Jet team, and a lot of them are going to be – of course fixed during free agency is the hope and through the draft. But Todd Bowles has shown enough so far this season, just some of his play calling, some of his uh, basically kicking the ball to the opponent when the team is down by two scores, instead of trying to go for it and push the issue. These are all things that just continually aggravate Jet fans and make it seem like well if the Jets are close enough or they keep these games close, Todd Bowles is almost coaching not to lose his job instead of to prove himself and to prove to the rest of the world that he is the coach of the future and in and, and, and in my mind, uh you know, he's proven enough this year to show that really he is not gonna be part of the team moving forward and whether that's gonna happen, a coaching change and uh You know, heading into the week 11 bye, whether it doesn't happen until after the year. To me, this loss against the Miami Dolphins, and not only the fact that they lost, because they could have lost a shootout 31-28 on a last-second field goal, and it would have had a much different feel from this game. But in the manner and the fashion they lost this game, with with what looked like a hapless coaching staff, that to me was the straw that broke the camel's back. And you can look back on this game for one of the reasons why Todd Bowles is probably going to be looking for a job in 2019.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, right now, Rick, we just got to survive through this end of the regular season. Sadly, uh, it looks like we're not even going to get the five wins, but we'll see what happens next Sunday. And, you know, who else is up next but, you know, another divisional game, the Buffalo Bills. And they're worse off than the Jets are. Yet, for some, I don't know, for some silly reason, it feels like the Jets are going to give the Bills a victory over at a at MetLife Stadium next Sunday. I mean, I don't want to say it. The Jets need to get their fourth win next week, hopefully. And we'll talk more about that on Friday when we preview that game. But then again, you know, after next Sunday, the bye week comes. And maybe for the Jets, maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Maybe if they get a win or a loss, depending on what happens in the game next week against Buffalo at MetLife Stadium, maybe that bye week is finally coming in here at the right place at the right time and that the New York Jets need to find a way to just – relax to breathe. Maybe Sam can reassess the situations that uh, is going on in front of him. And hopefully for him and the jets, they can reassess everything and uh, finish off. Hopefully the rest of the season with a flourish.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, that's the only hope is one thing that Sam Darnold has shown over his young career. He may have a terrible game, the game against the Vikings, one touchdown, three interceptions, arguably as worse as a pro before this past Sunday, and he came back against the Bears, managed the game, one touchdown, didn't turn the football over, did everything that was asked of him with a shorthanded team that had Deontay Burnett as their leading receiver. Uh, you know, so he's shown the ability to basically have short-term memory and forget about this game, move on to the next one. The Jets have a very winnable game coming up against the Buffalo Bills. But, uh, again, Sean McDermott, he's another guy. He's an aggressive defensive coach. He's going to try to go after Sam Darnold. He's going to make life very difficult on him. So this is going to be a tough week but an important week for Sam Darnold to get right back on the horse, shake it off, move on to the next one. And from what I've seen and his track record here with the Jets, he's shown that ability to shrug it off and move on to the next game. And we'll see if he's able to do that in week 10 against Buffalo.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for the Jets Podcast Review Show here on 247sports.com. The New York Jets once again fall to the Miami Dolphins by final. Join Rick Lachlan and me this coming Friday as we'll preview the Week 11 matchup at home at MetLife Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. For Rick Lachland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Jets Podcast Preview Show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you next time so long, take care, and bye-bye for now.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.